Hi, we're Katie, Jessica, and Shannon, and this is Boy Problems Podcast, a community focused on supporting families navigating substance use disorder. We hope sharing our stories, introducing you to experts, and answering all the questions you have no one else to ask will help you better navigate your story. Through our partners' recoveries, we found each other and formed our own squad, one we know is so valuable to how we manage this disease in our relationships. So we started bringing a microphone to our hangouts to extend our conversations to others just like us. When you're here, you're not alone. If you're listening, you probably know we met at a family support group and our bonds have grown stronger through sharing our stories and supporting each other. When we think about the thing that's helped us most, it's that. So we'd like to extend that community to you. If you're feeling like no one understands what you're dealing with or you're looking for a community of like-minded individuals, consider joining us for our virtual support group. For details, visit recovering2.com. We know what you're going through, and we're here to help. We're recovering, too. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Boy Problems Podcast. Today, we have two fantastic guests, and we are so excited to have them. So we have Kelsey and Jonathan Autry. Welcome, guys. Welcome. Thank you for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So just before we jumped on this uh, this chat, how I found Kelsey is in on Instagram. I like makeup posts and I also like addiction posts. And so Kelsey, so wonderfully fit into that beautiful little bucket. And so I was really impressed by, um, you, you have a makeup account and, um, other beautiful lifestyle things going on in your page. However, you beautifully weave in your addiction and recovery on your page, which I think is so wonderful. And what really caught my eye is there was a video that you had posted of multiple pictures you and your husband have been together for quite some time and you posted pictures about just kind of your journey in like 60 seconds and I was like oh my gosh like that is so much us and so I am so excited that Kelsey we have you and also we have your husband Jonathan because we've not had the male perspective because he also took care of your children while you were in rehab yes yes well we're so happy to be here yes well perfect okay well um Let's go ahead and just jump right in. Uh, do you guys want to kind of tell me a little bit about like who you are and like where the addiction started maybe, Kelsey? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I think I, um, I, I know this is like kind of, it's not really common sense, but I feel like I, it happens to everyone like this. I was raised around it. It was kind of all I known, uh, both of my parents were addicts. I was raised by my grandparents for the most part. Um, Both of them also had addictions and it was very well known at a young age. Like both of my parents, you know, left us for drugs. My grandparents made that very known. Um, While my grandparents' addictions were legal and not illegal, it didn't land them in jail and prison and rehabs constantly like my parents. Um, I just kind of grew up around it and it was really all I saw. So you know, some of my other family will say like, oh, she never stood a chance, you know, and I I don't believe that, but I do think it did play a huge factor in why I kind of went that route, you know, and I was really just longing for a relationship with my mom. And I knew that, you know, cocaine was something that we could bond over. And that's kind of like where the start of my addiction really happened in my teen years. Of course, I'd like partied by smoking and drinking like I feel like that was normal though like most normal teenagers do that even the really goody goody kids they've smoked and drank you know especially at high school parties but you know cocaine came into my life around my like sophomore junior year I think and uh it just escalated from there I was you know using needles in high school and um I ended up getting clean from that. And then we got together and uh, I was, you know, 18 years old. So I was still pretty young. And I think our addiction, uh, he actually had an addiction before we had gotten together and I didn't know it at the time. So his addiction was pain pills. And um, I didn't know I had one either. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. It was just fun. Yeah, it was. And then we, you know, we thought we were just partying together, doing, you know, just partying, doing 
pain pills and staying up all night talking and drinking and just kind of having fun. And, you know, we didn't really, I don't think we really knew, like, I don't know about you, but I didn't know what withdrawals were. I didn't know that we were going to go through, you know, this, this whole thing with it. And we did. And so that's kind of how it started pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I knew, I knew about withdrawals and uh, it just took a lot of years to experience them for the first time. And then when you feel them for the first time, you, you want to get rid of them as quick as you can. So yeah, you don't want to feel that again. No, no. <laughs> so you just keep on and on and, and then years and years are gone just in the blink of an eye, just trying to stay healthy or well, I guess, not sick. Right. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's just a very interesting point that you bring up because yeah. my husband was also terrified of withdrawals of everything <laughs> else. And I think probably Shannon and Jessica can agree. Like he was just petrified of withdrawals. And I was like, oh my God, like it was just it very, is. when he went into rehab, that was the main concern of his is how concern, am I going to get yeah. through the withdrawals? And it might be more of a man thing because she's never I think with us two it's the same way um even when I think about it it's it, it's terrifying and she didn't express the same fear with withdrawals and even when uh before you went to rehab before she went to rehab I, I still don't know that I, I I don't know how she did it I mean she she because she had to be clean to go in and I was like I don't know how she's gonna do this and uh and she did and didn't didn't I don't know maybe women are tougher I don't know <laughs> well we yeah. already know that's true we yeah know. yeah <laughs> so, so um, Jonathan how, how did you um how did you find out then I mean if you guys were using together like did so then did you get clean first how did that kind of roll out I, I did I mean I got clean first um it's see and I always was in more control I guess you could say than she was um I never did the, I was never as reckless. I never, I never was as careless or reckless or I was always more private. I'm, I'm, I'm more of a private person anyway. So, you know, if I didn't tell you, you wouldn't know, you wouldn't have known, um, you know, and then, so I, I was ready to get clean way before she was. So as I'm ready to get clean and going in one direction, she was going further from, from pills to further, further and further and doing whatever she had to, to, to get it. What motivated you at that point? You said, I'm ready to get clean. Like what brought you to that point? Our kids. Okay. Yeah. So you, guys, you guys had kids at this point already. Well, we didn't, but I was pregnant. We had just found out I was pregnant mm -hmm. and we, oh. we were doing heroin at the time. And he was like, we got to stop immediately. We got to stop. And I, I was willing, I called rehabs and they're like, you can't stop that you, you're pregnant like you will risk losing the baby you're gonna have to get on you know medication under a doctor and he was like no like I'm done I don't want to do this anymore I always tell people like he was like the woman in this situation like most women are like I'm gonna stop drinking I'm gonna stop smoking I'm carrying a baby and they do I wasn't I didn't have that you know I didn't have that instant maternal instinct where he did he quit smoking cigarettes he quit doing everything because he wanted, he instantly wanted to be a great dad and he's the best dad. Now he always say he's a way better dad than I am a mom for sure. I love my kids. Don't get me wrong. I really do. But I just feel like he is more maternal. More yeah, he does. He definitely does. Have <laughs> That's it. Yeah. So, okay. So, uh, gosh, what a cool story. Just love this story guys. <laughs> um, so can talk to me then. So you have both kids and you're still using Kelsey. Yeah. So I got, okay. you know, like I said, I was under the, my, um, a doctor's prescription, Suboxone, Subutex. I'm sure you guys know what that is. So yeah. I had that with both of my children. I was pregnant and that's what I was taking. So that did keep me sober, you know, for the most part, it kept me off heroin anyway, and off pain pills and everything else. But it wasn't until after I had my second son looking back now it was probably like postpartum depression but as an addict you don't know that you just you, you feel emotions and you don't like feeling them so what you do is you numb them and that's what I was doing so I started you know I knew I didn't want to go back to heroin I was a mother and I did love my kids and I, I had a reason to live now because uh, like you said I was very reckless I would you know 
overdose a lot and didn't care, you know, I'd overdose and then go right back to use them the next day. Like I, I, I was just very reckless with it, but you know, I knew like, okay, well, I'm stressed. I'm overwhelmed with two kids. My son was like a teeny tiny newborn and I was just very overwhelmed. So, you know, I knew people take Xanax when they're overwhelmed, people have anxiety, they take Xanax. So then I started seeking out Xanax on the streets and I was still on my, my medication from the doctor, my, um, Suboxone and Subutex. So I was mixing them, which is really bad. You know, it's two downers. So you don't want to do that. And I was doing that. And it just, that's when my, that was rock bottom for me. It Xanax made me a totally different person, made me do things I would never, ever do. And, uh, you know, I look back and I'm like, how could I do those things and say those things? Um, but I, I did, you know, and that's really when rock bottom happened for me. Wow. Jonathan, what were you doing during this point? Like, did you, were you aware of, you know, that she was hitting rock bottom or Kelsey, were you ever like trying to hide any of your, your drug use with Jonathan at that point? Oh God. Yeah. I, I lied and I lied like a dog and you know, he'd accuse me. He knew, I was very obvious. So I, you know, he was the addict, like you said, where he had it under control. You would never know that he was high. You know, he could have took five pain pills and you wouldn't know. Whereas I don't stop at five. I never had a limit. I would take 10 and 20 pills at a time, you know, and that's why I overdosed a lot, obviously. But, um, you know, I would be falling over belligerent, slurring my words and lying. He'd be like, I know you're high. I mean, look at you. And I'm like, you're crazy. I'm not hot you know so it was I definitely tried for sure yeah you know she's always tried to hide it but um after 12 years together well at that point it wasn't 12 years but even at that point seven years or eight years that's a long time with somebody so you 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 know that person inside and out there's really no hiding that there's to me there's no hiding anything from your significant other for long you might be able to hide something for a little while but if you've been together for any amount of time, live together, like kids and all that, you're not going to hide anything for very long, I don't think. So I think it probably also makes a difference the fact that you you guys had used together before mm-hmm. and you've had a previous using history. So you may yeah. know more like what to look for or know what she was like. Right. Um, Cause yeah. I know sometimes people like like us, we didn't really know what to look for. And what, so it was a little yeah. bit more like surprising it's yeah. where you, you know something's wrong but you can't really like pinpoint it pinpoint well, yeah. it because you're like I don't know you just look weird and they're like yeah no so, yeah. what's that yeah. mean <laughs> yeah yeah no I, I can see that and um uh, and it and it's probably easier just to play off I'm tired or or I just feel fun I'm, I'm depressed or you know it's easy to play it off which I saw a lot of before I ever used uh, my dad you know was an addict and I saw him lie and lie and lie for years. And that's kind of also how I learned what to look for is, you know, having a dad that, that was addicted for forever. And uh, so I was on the other side of just, you know, having a loved one addicted and not really knowing, but, but knowing, you know, so it's, it's definitely hard. Yeah. Um, so Jonathan, we focus a lot on, you know, our, our three stories um the thing we have in common most is that we are the loved one and and we have no control over our spouse and you know we have kids involved now and all of that like what was that recovery when Kelsey saw recovery and what was that like for you because you were kind of probably left home with the kids and responsibilities and living you know you're doing the right thing and what was that experience like for you it was in simplest terms, it was the hardest time of my life so far. Um, not just the responsibility of the kids, you know, because even though I'm a great father, it, it's just natural that she always did the majority of diapers and baths. And, you know, it just it just happened that way with us. And I'm very involved, but she still did the most. Yeah. So obviously I had all the responsibility. I still worked. So, you know, I had to child care, pick them up, go to work, come home, bottles, diapers, just things that I was not ready to do. Um, that was really hard, but obviously the, the stress of it was the hardest time of my life. 
I can I can easily say it was it was just you know leading up to it I think I think leading up to it honestly was harder because you know there was two three month periods where I had to to step up and take care of the kids uh, jail and rehab for her uh, jail was unexpected I mean she was using doing things and one day you know the police were at the door ready to take her um so that was kind of unexpected uh we did i didn't expect it i knew to look out for it i knew she was doing a lot of bad stuff um but you know they took her away and then you kind of think like well you know she'll be right back out uh but then when she called me and told me how much the bond was i was like no you're not getting back out and <laughs> she begged and begged and cried and um and i had the money she she knew i had the money to, to do it um and I, and I didn't, I couldn't, I couldn't, um, again, I saw, I saw it with my dad. I saw him get out over and over and just keep doing the same things. And I'm like, that's not what you need. And so it was really hard to say no, especially because then I, that meant I would have to take care of the kids, um, unexpectedly. So, but leading up to that was, was the, the jail, the three months in jail. To me, that was the worst time of my life, of our relationship. It was, it was, it was horrible. I mean, it was, I'm not an angry person at all. I'm so laid back. Um, I just, I don't hold anger in. But during those few months leading up to that, I was so angry for months and months and months, every day, every night. Um, like she said, every time I try to confront her and she lied, knowing we both knew, it made me angrier every time. I, I know you guys know that feeling. It's like, you know, I know. Why are you still lying? It's just a complete insult, like just a slap in the face. You, you don't know what you're talking about. And after months of that, you're so angry that it was almost, I guess, a relief, you know, when, when the police showed up. And it was like a deep breath, like, well, at least I know she's not going to die. You know, at least I've got some time to to breathe a little and and just relax and um you know and then the second time was maybe what a couple years later so a couple years later and in between those couple years it wasn't as bad i think you know she stayed sober for a while and then started using like she said once she started using xanax again towards the end towards rehab then it was bad again but it still never got that bad um she knew you know, she got in trouble again. Courts were like, you're facing a long time or you can go to rehab. It was like a no-brainer. She was like, well, I, I've got to do rehab. So we both knew we had months to prepare financially, set up a babysitter. Um, so the whole nine yards. So that time was a little bit easier. And thank God that was the last time. And I, to this day, believe that you know, I think one of the questions I saw or maybe just thought about is um, how do I know, how, what was the question I'm thinking of? How, do, how, how did I know for sure? How, do, how was I sure? How did I stay? What made me stay? I think that's one. What made me stay? And I wish I could be romantic and like, I just knew, I just knew. And I was so <laughs> strong. And, but that's a lie. I, I was, I don't know how I stayed sometimes. Sometimes I look back and I'm like, I don't know. Um, you know, I know I told her, I really, really want the chance to be with her sober. I really wanted that because after 10 years using it together and messing up, you want that chance to both be sober together. So that little bit of hope kept me holding on. But sometimes I do look back and, and wonder how, how, but um, I, I really believe that if it wasn't this last time, then that was the last time. Like the last time I think was the last time. Yeah. I feel that way. Kelsey, during this time, did you feel like, you know, oh, this is it. He's leaving. Like there's no way he's going to stay. Like what, what was your perspective on, on the relationship? Well, you know, it's weird because I wanted him to leave. Like I knew that I was a POS. Like you know, and I felt like I was always going to be that way. Like, I'm like, you know, you're, you've got your life together. You're such a great dad. I'm going to get emotional. 
but I'm like, why do you stay with me? Like, you deserve so much better. Like, and I would tell him like, go find someone who's going to love our kids and love you because I can't be that person for you. And he would tell me like, no, like you're going to, you got this Kelsey, like you can do this, you know? And, and I always felt so bad. Like, you know, he said towards the end, like I stayed good for a while, but then I would mess up again. And I felt so bad. Like every time I relapsed, I would cry so hard. And I'm like, I don't know what's wrong with me, but like, stop staying, like kick me out, you know? And, and there was times he did, like, if I was really messed up, he would lock me out and I would sleep outside on the porch or go and sleep in one of the vehicles because he didn't want me around the kids high. And I'm grateful that he did that, you know, but I'm like, why do you put up with me? Like you deserve so much better. So at, at no point did I think like he was ever going to leave me, but I'm like, why don't you leave me? You know? So it was, he just deserved so much better. But, you know, I look back and, you know, one point I've, I've said this a few times um, on social media, but, you know, right before I went into rehab, you know, I told him like, I'm going to be gone three months. Like if you, if you feel the need to be with other people, like I won't blame you, you know, like you've already sat, sat with me for three months in jail, you know, a couple years prior, like, you know, if you want to be, if you want me to go through this without you, I'm happy to do so because I did this to myself. And he's like, no, like we're in this together. We're a family. And he's like, I don't want someone else to have the best of you before I have the best of you. Mm -hmm. And that always stuck with me. And like, I feel like every day I really do try to be that best person for him. Cause like, I know he deserves so much better than everything that I put him through, which was a lot, you know? And, uh, and I just, that's how I feel, you know? Thank you for sharing that. I was getting emotional as well, because, um, at least for me, and, uh, our stories align so much together. Like my husband still has all of the guilt of all of the, cause it was, uh, probably, uh, six years of him in the using and telling me I'm crazy. And, you know, the same thing with jail that when he went to jail, that was the best night's sleep I had gotten in probably years because, mm -hmm you know, all the awful stuff. And so, um, I just relate so much to what you guys say and in it, you know, you think, oh, maybe a woman sees it differently than a man. Like it is almost the exact same. Like Kelsey, you were saying the exact things that my husband says of just how terrible he feels. And he deserves ever, even if I do something today and he's been six years in recovery, um, even if I do something today, he's like, you deserve, like, it's fine because I did this to you so long ago. Like it just, it weighs heavy. Um, and so really just, gosh, thank you guys for sharing. Cause this is, this is emotional and this is awful. And this is raw. And it's, it's not something that you hear every day and you don't meet people kind of in this circle often who can relate. No. Yeah. Yeah. So what did your kids know? Like what, what are the ages of the kids? I mean, young, what, what do they know? Well, when I, when I went to, to jail, the first or the, the big, I went to jail many times, but the time that I stayed for three months when he raised them, our son was only five months old and our daughter was two. So we got away with that one, you know, like they, they were young. Well, then when I went to rehab, my son was two, my daughter was four. And even though, like I say, they don't know, uh, or they didn't know at the time, but like my two-year-old daughter, she was a mom. I mean, she, to this day, she's a mama's girl, you know? And, um, you know, even though I was not, I don't know if your husbands were like this, but like I was high, but I was still a great mom. Like I still, you know, for the most part, like, of course, when I was super out of it, I wasn't, you know, uh, but like, I still loved on them. I still gave them their baths. I fed them. I did all the mom things. I was just high doing it, you know? So my, my, my kids very much loved me. And, you know, so my daughter doesn't remember it, but in the moment, uh, you know, she would say like, where's mommy? You know, he, he would tell me on the phone at, in jail, like, you know, Riley was asking about you today and it killed me, you know, but I'm grateful that she doesn't remember that now. And then, you know, watch, they were two and four when I went to, to rehab and Riley, our daughter, she was in school. So she was, she was aware, you know, she was, she was aware, but she don't remember it to this day. But at the time she, she knew mommy was at the hospital, you know, mommy was sick and mommy was at the hospital. You know, I think at four, you don't really have a sense of time. So like, it doesn't feel like three months. Maybe it just felt like mommy's been gone a couple weeks. Um, but it, they don't know a lot to this day. I, 
it's weird. My family's actually going through something. One my my sister's going through something very similar to what I've gone through. And um, I know that my daughter's eight now and she hears the conversations I'm having on the phone and you know. So I actually told her um not everything, but I told her, you know, she knows about drugs because they learn about it in school. They have like a drug week where they wear different colors to say no to drugs. She knows what drugs are. And uh, I just kind of had a one-on-one with her like literally a week ago and you know told her you know that I you know went through my struggles and um that you know mommy did things that she's not proud of and and, you know she needs to always say no to drugs and you know told her about peer pressure because that's you know a lot of how I got into it I got into it because I wanted to be close to my mom but I was also around it anyway from my friends you know I picked the wrong crowd and they were very pressuring and I felt like I, I was so desperate to be like loved and wanted to be fit in and stuff. And so I gave in real easy. And I asked my daughter, that's how the conversation started. She's got a couple of best friends. I'm like, you know, if your best friends asked you to try something that you, you know, you know, is bad, would you do it? And she shocked me. And she said, yeah, if they kept pressuring her. She would do it. And I was like, no, I have to tell you all about this now because this is not good, you know, and she's very mature for an eight-year-old. And uh, I felt like she took the conversation a little awkward, but at the end of it, like, you know, she got a lot out of it and stuff. And so she doesn't know everything, but she knows that like mommy had struggles and, you know, mommy went to jail and mommy went to rehab and now mommy's sober pretty much, you know, so we kind of explained it, not like we're talking about it now, but just in a child's perspective, I guess. So interesting. That's so cool too, that you get to be in the place that you are today and like help you know, shape your children into something different. Like, no, like you said, like you only saw, you know, active addiction in your childhood and now your children get the opportunity to, to know about it, but then to see you healthy and like what a blessing that is for them. And like, like you're changing the generational like pattern of your families. That's so cool. So um, that's yeah. really cool. Um, and then I also had another, qu- I had a question. So you mentioned that your I mean, addiction runs in your families. It sounds like, you know, pretty, pretty prevalent, prevalently. Like, how do you protect your sobriety with that still like a, so closely around you? Like what, what kind of, what, what are the things that you do to ensure that you can stay healthy with that so close? Well, he's much better at this than I am because I'm just very sensitive. Yeah, don't let it be close to you. I'm very nice and I feel like it's family. You know, you got to be there for family. And, you know, I do know, like, I do know to distance, like I, I say I know, but I don't, but I know I should distance myself. And I, you know, I tell my followers this when they say like, you know, how how's the best way to deal with my loved one and addiction as someone who's in recovery? I'm like, you got to distance yourself. But honestly, I don't, I, I don't distance myself and I probably, I do like, I don't hang out with them or nothing, but like I answer every phone call and I send money every time they need it. And you know what I'm saying? And he's the opposite. He's like, you can't, you know, he, he guards his heart a lot more, you know? And I've, I feel like I just wear mine on my sleeve. Like, and I know it's, I'm going to get super hurt one day because of it. And he, he's going to, I told him today because, you know, he also has someone else in his family, super close going through it. And I told him today, like, you need to prepare for that person to die because they are going to kill themselves at the rate they are going. And he's like, I've already been preparing for that for years. And I'm like, how can you do that? Like, I know I need to prepare for it for my person close to me, but I, I just, I can't, you know, like, so I think he's better at that than I am. Yeah, I think so. And if, if we weren't together, I think her sobriety would be more at risk with those people in her life, family. Mm. Because if I wasn't here, if we weren't together, she would let them t- drown her, drown her, take her down because mm. she's so loving and big hearted um, that she can't keep them at a distance good enough. So now, like she said, she answers every call. She sends money when they need it, which isn't a lot um, like like when we were using it was like we needed money every day every second yeah they need money here and there because if it was every day i'd i'd fuss about it a lot and i'd be like we can't give money every day (laughs) so she spreads it out a little bit and i do too i help my family here and there um if i feel like it's needed but yeah i think if i wasn't here she would be at a lot more risk i think 
I've accepted the phone calls because it, that that's you can only go so far with calls. But she doesn't have them over here ever. You know, it's just more about for me is protecting my household and the kids because we went through so much chaos growing up. We both went through nothing but chaos, you know, growing up. And then early on when we were together, that once we had kids and started settling down like we have, it's so nice. It's so peaceful. It's so relaxed. It's so much more our speed. We're both very relaxed people. And so once that started to get established these last few years, I guard it really heavily. And that's against my own family, who I'm very close with, you know, my dad, I'm very close with. But even he, after, he, after he's been over here, he learned, he saw, he's like, your house is so peaceful and your kids are so nice and quiet and happy. And I'm like, yeah, I work really hard for that. We both do. And so that's why I have to keep people at a distance. And it's hard. I mean, it was a different story when it was her, you know. Obviously, we're together. We live together. A, a, a parent or a child, a sibling, that's a little bit different. You don't live with that person. So you can keep them at a little bit more distance. But when it's a significant other, as you guys know, it's it's a lot harder. Mm-hmm. Um, but there still comes that point, like even with her, I, I knew that point was coming where I was going to have to choose the kids. I, there was no choice. Um, I was just going to have to be alone and lonely and, and, and it was going to be hard. And I would rather do that than them grow up the way we grew up with chaos that I wasn't she knows, and and I, she wouldn't do it the same as me. She wouldn't expect, uh, accept that from me either. So mm-hmm. we just we have to put them first and the household first, you know. And, and to me, it's just it's just we have to peace over everything. We love and peace our whole household. It's it's been years to make this, and so we have to keep it that way. Yeah, I like uh, what you said about you know, the idea that you two have each other as a support system and like what a big difference that makes for, you know, helping each other maintain those boundaries and protect your sobriety, um, which got me thinking, you know, jumping back a little bit, like in the, the chaos time and during jail and rehab, like what kind of support did you have? Like Jonathan, did, did people, like your friends and family, did they know what was going on? How did you, how did you deal with all of that? <laughs> uh, like most men do. Uh, <laughs> uh, by by sh- kind of shutting down, keeping a lot of it inside. Um, no, I didn't have a lot of support because I didn't talk to anybody. Um, and again, it's just a terrible trait that, that a lot of men and women but a lot of us are, are kind of raised that way or it's just what we see passed down. And so, you know, no, I didn't, as bad as deep inside, I wanted to talk to people or break down or, or have that support. The other side of me was like, no, nah, I just, I'm not going to talk about it. I'm just going to just keep it inside and it'll go away. It's almost like, well, I've got three months. I can hold it in for three months. And so I just kind of held it in for three months and just, you know, if I had to cry, it was alone. It was just, you know, praying to myself at night, whatever. Um, but I don't recommend that in any way. Um, man or woman, you know, there's no need in holding it in. Um, you, you don't you don't have to be prideful about it. And it is embarrassing, of course. Um, she was embarrassed. I was embarrassed. You're embarrassed to talk about it or, or whatever. But, you know, it's sad that it's like that. Uh, more more conversations like this obviously will, will help that, but, you know, and people like us, I don't, I don't want my son or daughter, but, you know, son to, to grow up feeling like that, like he's got to be tough all the time and not, not say things. And, you know, even if it's embarrassing, you, you, it's better sometimes because, because I realized that it could have risked me, you know, the stress that it put on me, just keeping it bottled in, it could have risked me just, you know, going off the deep end and, and starting to use and you know it, it did risk that but um but thank god i did get through the three months it was it was really hard uh, you know I, I wish i would have talked about it more but you know hindsight of course yeah also well, part of it I, I wasn't sure i don't think that 
you're never sure, like probably with your spouses, is this really going to work? Is it, is it for sure? Mm-hmm. So you kind of just put a pin in it like, okay, I'm going to give it this, this three months. When she gets out, we'll see. But you've always got that doubt kind of in the back of your mind, keeping you at bay. Yeah. Um, so I'm very, very curious, um, Kelsey, kind of your, um, you seem very open about your story. Both of you do, which is amazing. Like we obviously uh, are, have all that in common, but <clears throat> like Katie mentioned, like you have a very successful Instagram that's not about recovery. What made you want to kind of share that with people and like talk about that on, on such a public platform like what kind of inspired you to to do that um just a feeling like a fake honestly like I I was growing and um you know I, I run my business on social media and I was growing you know a team by the hundreds and you know grilling or you know just telling my team, you need to be open and honest and share your life and share who you are. And then I have this big giant secret, you know, of going through addiction for 13 years and being in recovery now for three years. And, uh, you know, I'm saying, telling them like, share the good, the bad, the ugly, and all the things be vulnerable, total transparency. And I just felt like a fake because I have this, you know, someone asked me like, you know, who is Kelsey? Who, you know, she's all you share is your, you know, your husband or your, your kids, but who is Kelsey really? And like, I knew who Kelsey was. She was an addict for a long time and she's, you know, on reco- she's in recovery now. That's who Kelsey is. But I couldn't share that. Like, no way. I was never, you know, and it was like, we live in a super small town. It was no secret, really. Like it was one of those, like it's the giant elephant in Bergall that swept underneath, like the courthouse, the big courthouse in Bergall. It swept underneath there. Everybody knew, but nobody talked about it. You know, people would see me out and about, and I'm sure they could tell I was sober, but we never talked about the time they saw me at Walmart stumbling around. You know, or so I feel like you know, and I was grateful for that because I wasn't ready to be, you know, looked at in that way, or I wasn't ready to talk about it and um and I just felt like a fake so I felt like it was kind of I needed to if I'm going to put my life out there I need to do it honestly you know so that's kind of why and I and I shared very rarely like I think the first time I shared was like February and I I went live and I told my story and I didn't share again for months later or share anything about it but the few times I did share like literally hundreds of people would reach out and they're like oh my god I had no idea but you're I also or I'm also this and you know I went through this and I saw like wow like people really look up to me like they see me sober they see me thriving they see my business is successful and they also you know they're going through addiction and I'm giving them hope that they can be successful too and it just it really inspired me to know that I was inspiring them and the thought of like you know I, I, I did a reel today, but, you know, I, and I wrote on there, like, I, I recover now loud and proud to help the ones who are suffering in silence, you know, because I was one of those people who suffered in silence, you know, for many, many years. And I did not see no hope at the end of that dark tunnel of addiction, you know, and I'll tell you, know, he, he knows, I don't think I could have ever done it by myself. It would, I def, both times that I went through withdrawals was in jail the first time and second time was in rehab. I don't think I could have done it out here. You know, he has, and I, that's why I think he's a lot more controlled and strong minded and has a lot more willpower. I didn't have that. The second those withdrawals hit, I was, I was out the door, you know, and I would make up the craziest stuff, you know, like I, did a lot of crazy stuff to make sure that I wasn't going to go through those withdrawals anymore, you know, but I think that's what I had to do that, you know, and I think just being open and honest, um, it keeps me in my, I feel like it keeps me grounded in my recovery because now I have, you know, thousands of people that look to me to, to maintain my sobriety and I give them hope. And I feel like, you know, that keeps me sober because I don't want to let off these people down you know so I honestly I genuinely feel like coming out was the best thing for me best thing for me so that was about it like a year ago then Mm -hmm. February of 2021 when you yeah that I first initially came out but I didn't start sharing consistently 
consistently until November. So very recently, like a couple months back is when I started sharing super consistently. And that's when I like my account really started growing. I started reaching more people and stuff, but that's when I started making the biggest difference, like, and, and genuinely helping people, you know? Sure. Jonathan, how did uh, you feel about her sharing her story publicly? Was it, was this something you guys discussed at all? Were, were you like wary of it? Didn't care. I don't know. I don't think we really discussed it. Um, it, We had the, we, we know each other and she knew I support everything. And, um, and the things I don't support, she knows that I'll get behind, you know, even if I don't like it, I'll get behind it. So to me, that's what was one of those things. It's not, even now, even now, some of the things that she shares that are nitty gritty details about her addiction um, is it's it's a little tough for me because, again, part of it is I'm not in, on Instagram and I don't tell my story a lot and I don't talk as much. And so for me, it's still a little like, you know, cringe or, right. you know, like a little. <laughs> but it's, it's just like a knee jerk reaction. And then after that, it's 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 fine. I'm fine. It's OK just rip the bandaid off, you know, like she said, and like, you know, everyone knows when, when someone's using, when, once you get that bad, everyone knows there's no secret. So you cannot talk about it if you want to, but everybody already knows. Um, the difference is now she's saying these things, um, looking back as a, as a testimony, as a, you know, look where I came from and, um, you know, look where I've, I've come and we're, we're, I mean, this has just been a few years. We've got a long way to go and a lot more that we are going to accomplish. Um, so it is just that. It's just a testimony for her, you know, uh, something to be proud of. Um, and, yeah, at this point, it's nothing nobody hasn't seen. Or, you know, if they don't want to see it, they can unfollow or they can, you know, they can see themselves out. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I do genuinely believe, like she said, she didn't really start sharing until a few months ago and you had she had under 10,000 a few months ago and I remember her saying like I'm gonna get to 10,000 I'm gonna try really hard and now it's like 50 um to me I'm almost positive that it's just and it's not just because you know the the what's it called algorithm that there's uh cooking shows addiction there's this there's that I don't think she just falls under the addiction thing I think it's just her being genuine I think when you're genuine that's when everything's going to fall into place for you. You know, I know a lot of people that try to play the addiction card or whatever to try to get famous on TikTok or Instagram. And it's not going to work. I don't think because she is just who she is. She's a genuine, honest, nice person. And uh, I think people just see that and, and they just want to follow it. We all want something genuine. I think. That is so sweet. sweetest thing I've ever heard well I think I mean I have to agree with you I mean like even just talking to you for an hour it's like I think that it just shows like that growth that you've had with sharing your story like how deeply this affects everyone and how much shame and guilt and like just so to see someone successful and beautiful and honest and you know sharing this it's it does give people hope and like there aren't enough there aren't enough examples of that, you know, and we, with the stigma around addiction, we think about that, we think about, you know, what kind of what you said your childhoods were like, you know, your parents not around, your grandparents raising you, and like, to see you raise two children, and to have a healthy relationship, like, that's not something we hear about often, so I can understand why, you know, that has become something that people want to, want to see and be a part of, so I think that's awesome. Yes, I agree. Well, um, thank you guys. And so as we kind of wrap up, like as we, as we close out, is there anything that you want people to know about addiction or that as Jonathan, maybe a a loved one who kind of has more recently gone through this, um, that you want to share with someone who may be walking this path with a loved one? Like I said, I think I touched on it. I wish that I could say, oh, it was just it was, it was just our love that got us through and make it sound so romantic and easy. And it, it might look like that looking back, of course, but if we sit and really go over the details and I really dig deep in my memory bank and it was, 
it was hell. I mean, it was, it was the worst time of our lives. Um, and, and I wish I had a magic answer for, for the loved one loving them. It's so hard because as we all know, they're not ready until they're ready. There's no amount of love. Your kids aren't enough. Your spouse isn't enough. No job, no money, nothing is enough. And unfortunately for some, some people, um, 50, 60, 70 years old, and they're still not ready. And um, you got to ask yourself, can you endure that heartache for that long? You know, because what's it going to do to you? And I was telling her this about her family, like the stress you take on from from them and, 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 you know, the heartache you take on from them, it affects you, which affects me, which affects them, which affects everything. I mean, the, the energy you let in your life is so important. And you know, I get the uh, loyal. I mean, I'm loyal. I'm a very loyal person, um, but I do have boundaries and you've got to set those boundaries. You really do. Um, and I can only imagine how hard it is with when it's your own children. You know, we've had spouse, parents, the children thing is probably really, really hard. Um, but no matter who it is, you, you're going to have to, to ask, do I want to go through this forever? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, because you might, you you know, loving an addict, you might deal with it for the rest of your life. And um, I think you got to ask, do I love them enough that I want to kind of risk my happiness forever? Do I want to put my life on the back burner and go all in on, on putting all my energy into them? Um, and yeah, do that. I mean, if you want to do that, if you think it's working, do that. But you have to come to a point where you if, if, it, if it's not getting anywhere, you got to walk away. Even parent, child, anybody, like they'll be ready when they're ready or they won't. And that's unfortunate. Addiction is, is so sad. Um, it is. It's a really sad disease, uh, but it's one of those things in life that you cannot change. No matter how much you love somebody through it, you can't change it. So you just got to ask yourself, how much do I want to give of myself to this? Yeah. 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 Kelsey, would you, do you have anything that you want to add into that or any final thoughts from you? I don't think so, but just first people, like I do have a ton. I think I have more people who, you know, are like him. They love an addict who reach out to me. And, you know, I think just my biggest advice is like, just be supportive and have grace with them. Like, don't take it so personal. Like, and I'm so grateful that he didn't, uh, like he knew, you know, cause I, I feel like, especially with me growing up, like I always thought like I was never enough for my mom and, you know, she chose drugs over me and she loves them more than me. And, you know, and I think he knew, and I'm so grateful like he knew I, I loved him and I loved our family and I loved our kids. It wasn't that, you know, it was, I was sick, you know, I had a problem and I wasn't strong enough to, to do it on myself or by myself. And just to like be great, like just have grace with people, you know, especially going through addiction. Don't take it so personal. It has nothing to do with you and everything to do with them. You know, and I'm sure you guys like felt that too, you know, like you probably like thought you weren't good enough and you know, all of those feelings and it has nothing to do with you guys. Nothing at all. Like I love him more than anything. Well, you know, I love our, our family more than anything. And, uh, it was just, it's all me, you know, it was all me, but I do think like I, you know, I say all the time, I don't know why the heck you stayed, but I'm so grateful that he, that he did, you know, like my grandparents saw me at my worst, you know, that they were passing away as I was hitting rock bottom. And I just wish so bad they could have seen me sober, you know, cause they raised me and, you know, they raised me better than this for sure, but it was all around, you know, and it wasn't inevitable. I went down this path, but it was highly likely, I guess. But with him, like, I'm just so happy that he gets to see me sober and like be a sober mom. And now, you know, we're married finally after 12 years and, you know, he wouldn't marry me going through all that. And I don't blame him. So, you know, I say I'm like the proudest wife because I like my friends saying I'm crazy, like, girl, I was not that proud to be a wife. And I'm like, but you didn't go through what we went through. Like, you know, there, there was a thought, a time that I thought he would never marry me, you know, and, and rightfully so, because of all the crap I put him through. And like, that's just a, a huge accomplishment to me. Like, I'm so happy 
where Mary just as happy as I am that I'm finally sober after all this time, you know, but just, just have grace. And, uh, you know, if you, like he says, like, you know, he, he wishes it was love that, you know, carried us through maybe it, maybe it wasn't all, but it, what there was, you know, like he, if he didn't love me, he wouldn't, he wouldn't have stayed, you know yeah. what I mean? So there was definitely love in there for sure. Um, and if you have like that strong enough love, like we love each other, like, you know, we would kill for each other, not literally like, you know, but we would die for each other for sure. Um, and if you have that, hold on to that, you know, like, especially if it's a spouse, you know, hold on to that because I think, you know, if he didn't hold on to that, then we wouldn't be here. And we have such a beautiful life now. And we're both so blessed. We have amazing children. We're both being like very successful in our careers and think about if he left, you know, if he gave up, through all that, you know, we wouldn't be here. So I'm just so grateful. So just have grace. And, uh, you know, if, if, it, if your love can carry you through it, let it, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm awesome. very happy for both of you and that you have this opportunity to be together and sober and create all the things that, you know, you wanted to and hoped for. And you, you said something, um, you know, you're grateful that he stayed and everything. And I think, you know, I think a lot of that is also you should be proud of yourself for all the work that you've done. That's like made it possible for you both to stay in this relationship, like the work that both of you have had to do. So, you know, I think it's the combination of the love and the willingness to better yourself and continue down that journey all the time. And so, um, thank you so much for sharing your story with us and sharing that hope with other people. Kelsey, how can people follow you? Where, how do they find you? We'll put it in the uh, show notes too, but. Okay. Awesome. Um, Instagram, it's just Kelsey Autry. Cool. Awesome. Thank well, so Jonathan and Kelsey, thank you for sharing your wonderful, wonderful story. And Kelsey, thanks for putting it out there and, and helping uh, battle the disease of addiction. Actually, it just is awful disease. That's just terrible. Um, so thank you everyone for listening and keep coming back. Thanks for spending time with us. We hope this story has helped you better navigate yours. Don't forget to subscribe so we can meet you here next time. If you enjoyed this episode, spread the love by rating or reviewing. Need more support? Join our online community by visiting us at boyproblemspod.com. Whatever you do, keep coming back. We're not licensed professionals. We're here to share our lived experience. So take what resonates and leave what doesn't.